gay frog chemtrails. That is it. That is absolutely a conspiracy. It just it just throws out frogs out the back of an airplane. They're like, hey, ribbit. My barrel house is still intact, so I'm doing great. You know, that's got to feel good, knowing that, you know, 9,000 barrels didn't crash to the fucking ground. Yeah, I told Zeno to bring me a growler on his way home. 1792. <laughs> Did you see the aerial photos? Yeah, yeah, that's it's pretty it, fucking crazy. It, it looks like a giant stepped on exactly half of it. Yeah. Just fucking flattened it. They, I haven't looked today. They, they haven't figured it out yet, have they? No. So so I was just reading a couple articles in New York Times, the Bloomberg, and they still don't have a cause. They're basically <coughs> – the key priorities right now are contamination. They want it because there's a creek right downstream or yeah. right, right down from the hill. So they, the EPA tests have come back clear so far, so they don't, there's no contamination yet. Apparently there's like a 12-foot basement under the facility, which was meant to – which like is filled with whiskey. Would also has be, un, it's it has unfinished drywall and a picture of your wife's ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Ah, the butt pick is back. <laughs> well, yeah, it's for Zeno. I want him to be able to focus, and it's you know he's just not on his game unless he can see my wife's bare ass. <laughs> I was I was trying to explain it to Alyssa today. And yeah. It went it went terribly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine you describing my wife's naked bump to your wife as some sort of positive conversation. Yeah. That EPA thing got worse then, I guess, right? Because, I mean, they were all over it. And obviously the TTB's there because they're like, hey, that's our money yeah, floating sure. away. Yeah. yeah, so essentially everyone has sent in. So the, okay, I guess we should back up real quick. Today we're going to talk about, at least in part, we're going to talk about the barrel warehouse collapse that happened at, it was Barton's, what was it? Barton's 1792. 1792. It's yeah, thank you. Barton's yeah, owned by Sazerac. So, yeah. and I think it's like a 196 acre campus, and that was one of 29 or 30 warehouses that they have. Uh, but essentially, a barrel warehouse with between 18,000 and 20,000 barrels, half of it just collapsed. It looks like it just gave out, dropped to the ground. It's and we should on. post that picture that I sent to you, and yeah, any pictures of it, like on our on the site because it's a good idea it is something to see like yeah i remember it happened i mean you know i'm 25 minutes from it uh, you know and it happened when i was at work yeah is in your backyard Um, yeah one thing we should point out real quick is no one was hurt so no one was in the facility apparently they're uh i think they're in shutdown mode there at barton right now uh they're the season would be kind of early wouldn't it no i mean sure it, it is a little early, I guess, but yeah, I thought yeah. part of part of the reason for shutdown besides cleaning is just heat, right? Like because it's yeah, but so it's hot, hot in the summer. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be hotter in August, True. right? So yeah. I don't know. Hey, I don't work there. For for listener who doesn't know, Zeno, walk us through what happens in Kentucky a lot with the shutdown. Why does that happen? What time of year? What's the background of that? Ah, that's actually a good question. Um, I think it's actually derived from the Scots used to do too. They call it the silent season. And it's really just there's a seasonality of any manufacturing, right? And sorry, I'm well, come on, dude. <laughs> sorry, the, go ahead. Keep keep actually being professional. I'm gonna <laughs> choke on ice. <laughs> oh my god! How I, it's already hard enough for me to take this thing seriously, <laughs> and then you're chugging. I don't even know what you were doing there. 
We all know it was bourbon cream in that cup. It's nothing <laughs> well, yeah. but bourbon cream. No, it it's is a good question. It's 90% of my diet. <laughs> so, like, the silent season. But what they do in Kentucky, so, yeah, it gets hot, right? There's a seasonality of it gets hot. So what they used to do is shut down for, like, three months. Yeah. And the hot months because we rely a lot on our local lake water systems. And when the sun hits it, it gets hot. So it's hard to cool things. Hard to cool your fermenters, hard to cool your condensers, all those kind of things. So they would shut down, and that's when you do your deep cleaning of fermenters, deep cleaning of your still. Check to see if trays are warped, bent, or you know what brackets need, like re- if you need to replace welds or whatever you need to do. You actually get in the stills. Like one of the things we do is they set up scaffolding. You take the man heads off, and everyone comes in and takes a look and. Right. So all those kind of things, deep cleaning of uh, fermenters, I think I said that. But um, and then it's any expansion that you can squeeze in. So yeah, right. nowadays. So nowadays it's way different. Right. Because we we have chillers and cooling towers and all this stuff to kind of get around it. And we can produce cold water, but we still need summer shutdown, mainly for maintenance, preventative maintenance, predictive maintenance, repair. Yeah. Right. Expansion. Yeah. So all Pre- those preventative things. versus reactive. It's always better to no predictive know, be is the best, but like well, sure. that's that yeah, it's hard. That's when yeah. you're killing it, right? <laughs> yeah. And believe it or not, not everyone is killing it to that level. But uh, um, we are, of course. It's my company. Absolutely. I'm there, so it's amazing. <laughs> um, no, it's cool though. Now it's it's you know for what used to be three months is like down to like two or three weeks. Yeah. So it's 10 pounds of crap in a five pound crap bag, you know? Nice. And, uh, they used to do it and they would lay off like all the, you know, all the distillers and all the operators. And they would say, that's when you would take your vacation time is yep. that's like, that's when you had to take it. And, and they still do that. It's actually mandatory for some, some of them to take it, but not operation side because I, we, I actually need them. We need them there. We need hands on the, feet on the floor and hands on the stills because you only have so much time to do things. So you need the bodies, but like other aspects of it, right. You know, if we're not making whiskey, then downstream. So you have warehousing and everything else that probably will take a lot of those people will probably take vacation. So that's kind of a rough outline of what summer shutdown is, but every big distillery in Kentucky does it. I don't know if they still do it in Scotland, actually. Why, why wouldn't they, I mean, wouldn't they need the same, I would sort think that they would, yeah, but yeah, it's predictive the, and prune, uh, I think if you look, and yeah, I think if you looked up silent season distillery, there's some interesting. I always thought that the phrase silent season was kind of cool. I have this crazy friend Tim who's also from Ithaca, and he always has a harebrained idea, and he wanted to open up a distillery in Oregon. He wanted to call it silent season. And only produced during the summer months. Only produced for three <laughs> months really out of the year. Solid business plan. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 like one of those. Uh, I call him a I call him a Johnny Chemtrail. He's like one of those Chemtrail guys. <laughs> oh, I like this him now, already. This is now a Chemtrail podcast. This yeah, is, it is. This is pure Chemtrail. Uh, they're real. They're produced by Colton in his basement, and they are trying to turn the frogs gay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, trying. Yeah, frogs are already. Last <laughs> time you looked at some frogs. <laughs> Apparently, not as closely as cold. <laughs> They're like the seventh gayest animal. Was it? Was it? Was that the Infowars guy who was saying like the 
chemicals in yeah. the water turn the yeah. frogs gay. Yeah. Just fantastic. <laughs> just the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Well, we've just alienated all the listener again. <laughs> Sorry, listener, if you were into chemtrails or um, gay frog conspiracies, I apologize. And I gay frog chemtrails. <laughs> that is it. That is absolutely a conspiracy. It just mind. it just throws out frogs out the back of the airplane. They're like, hey, <laughs> ribbit. <laughs> Which of course is the Wait, was that the WB that. frog? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Uh, so, yeah. So, shut down. Okay. That's where we went from there. And so, Bart, yeah, in 1792. So, I didn't know that they were in shutdown, actually. So I know some people that work there. That that. Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean one, it's a small world, right? Like, you know who told me was a grain receiver, the grain operator. He yeah. came over. He's like, hey, Jay-Z. Hey, do you see this? And he showed me the picture. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, please tell me that's not here. <laughs> right? Seriously, that... The heart attacks that must have been had. Like, I can, well, I, obviously, I mean, insurance is going to cover that, right, Jason? I mean, that's, a, I assume, a fully... It covers part of it, but, like, the legality of it all. Like I said, like, the TTB being there and what yeah. what losses did they take? And I don't know what they're going to do. I would market that shit. I'd be, like, fallen whiskey, right? Sure. Like, right, exactly. They've done that before with, like, whenever there's, like, a warehouse fire, things like that. E.H. Like, Taylor, tornado. Yeah. yeah, tornado, yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, I mean, I, that's the way I would... but. I don't know. I, th- I'd love to know what the age of that whiskey was that came out of there. But yeah, I assume we'll find out soon because this happened yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, for listener, uh, this was June twenty second on a Friday when this happened. The barrel warehouse collapsed. I think it was in. The, I think they called emergency services at ten fifty five a.m. Yep. I was um, going to say ten a.m. I knew yeah. by ten thirty. So. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So it happened at ten a.m. Uh, so essentially, yeah, twenty thousand barrels were in the in the warehouse, roughly between I think they said eighteen thousand, twenty thousand, nine thousand barrels are affected. And if you look at the photos, yeah, like all the barrels on top look actually in pretty good shape. A lot of them look intact, but I'm sure everything below just has to be shattered. Like, I think that the best thing, though, I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like the earthquake in California a few years ago where they lost. Oh uh, yeah. Right, like all those wine barrels toppled. But once they started sorting through it, I mean, they lost a lot, but a lot of those barrels were still... Well, isn't that the point of a barrel? Barrels, like the structural integrity of a lot of these barrels are incredible. They can hold so much weight. They can take a beating. I mean, uh, I don't know. Any estimates on if you guys had to take a rough, total bullshit science guess, what percentage of those barrels are recoverable? 103 yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, what the hell kind of metric do you want from that? Like, what are you supposed to say? Seventy-four. I don't fucking know. They Come said on, they man. lost nine thousand barrels. Let's say they lost seven thousand. Right? Like maybe yeah. two thousand of them. Lightly. Yeah. Well, down. someone told me. So, like, one of the guys told me, like, oh yeah, they think some of them went in the river, which brings back to which the is why EPA the EPA thing. immediately showed up. But I was like, holy yeah. shit, guys, let's get a fucking canoe <laughs> yeah. and just go fishing for barrels. <laughs> What's amazing is you think we could fit a barrel in a canoe. <laughs> no, you drag it behind you, yeah. you get it to shore, and then you figure out how to get it in your, my Honda Accord. Yeah. <laughs> This is like the best, worst, yeah. straight, like straight to DVD movie I would watch. <laughs> this is this. Hey, life will find a way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. I think the first thing that you said was the, the my immediately thought my immediate thought was because barrel safety is a huge initiative where I work. Yeah. Like warehouse yeah. safety, because it's freaking dangerous, guys. And like what these warehouse folks are doing. 
it's pretty balls out. Like, yeah. It's pretty crazy in how old some of those structures are. I, I'm pretty I'm pretty impressed, and we need to be better. We need to be even safer. So this, we're working on it, but right. like the fact that nobody got hurt there. That's amazing. That's freaking huge. And one of the operators came in, and, and she told me her son works in the warehouse where I work, and uh, he was friends with one of the guys that worked there, and he said he was in that warehouse earlier in the day. Really? So I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, right? Like, don't, don't right. you know, I have no idea. But, I mean, sure, someone was in that house at one point. Yeah. So. Well, there's like six and a half million, like, barrels of bourbon in Kentucky, right? Isn't that one of the stats? More there? more barrels than people. That's, yeah, more barrels Go than on any distillery tour. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll yeah, tell no, you about this, red line safety, and barrels. Right. The safety point is really important because I think, I mean, the stats I'm reading here, this this particular warehouse was built in the 1940s. Yeah. And, you know, this is, you know, it was warehouse num- uh, number 30. So that means they have, you know, everyone has these incredibly old warehouses, which, again, I think uh, they were saying they were doing maintenance on a lot of these, too. So it's not like they're just sitting there with no one working on them. But uh, it'll be interesting to see the reports on what exactly happened. And again, thankfully, no one was in there. Everything, everyone's safe. And this is I mean, you hate to say something is good after a tragedy like this. But I mean, every single warehouse in Kentucky, you know, they're going to. You know, they're going to pick over with a fine-tooth comb, probably. It, is it a tragedy, though? Because nobody got hurt. So, right. I mean, the tragedy is what? We lost alcohol. We lost money. And I'm, it's not even me, so it's not my alcohol or money. So, <laughs> fuck, I'm great. Um, I'd say the, the only tragedy is, like, like Colton said, how old were some of those barrels? I mean, there could be some really interesting, you know, historical pieces in there in terms of, like, product. But maybe yeah, not. Yeah, but that's, maybe. that's, that's, well, that's hey, life. I mean, you, I mean, you've heard of rotating barrels. Imagine how many times it rotates when it falls. <laughs> I think, asshole. I think, all right, so <laughs> I know that there's this huge initiative to work on warehouse and the structures and making them safer and better safety methods. This is only going to help that initiative. Yeah. Really so I, I look at it as like a, 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 a man, I sound super cheesy and I hate myself, but like it's a super positive thing in a way. Right. Like yeah. I was really is. I was actually standing in uh, old Forrester's new barrel warehouse when someone sent me the picture the day. And when I walked in, I was like, oh, man, this is crazy over engineered. I showed you the pictures earlier. Yeah. It's got like like all the metal scaffolding and everything. It's it looks super over engineered. And then right. you see a picture of an old wooden rickhouse totally top. And you're like, all right, maybe, maybe this is right. <laughs> maybe well, you they're on to something. You know what actually is a big problem in, in this part of the world, too, is powder post beetles, which I didn't know was the thing. They, like, burrow in the wood and, like, they mess with the structural integrity. So that's hollowed that, out that's from a the big inside. Thing, right? Like, so... Yeah, I didn't know what a powder post beetle was until someone told me. I assume you're recently. making it up, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's all I do on this podcast. <laughs> Nothing is accurate. Yeah. The only thing I don't make up is your basement, which I'm so terrified, terrified how bright it is yeah. in there right now. Oh, no. Those are the tire fires outside the window. Yeah. That's, that's not sunlight. You mean the body fires? <laughs> you wrap your bodies in tires when you burn them. It's efficiency. Come on. Yeah. I have to maintain this erection somehow. <laughs> You're welcome. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. Hey, oh, that was our that was our one penis joke. We get that one. The one penis it's over joke. Now. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I feel like ninety percent of these podcasts, the one penis joke is going to be taken by Zeno. I, I kind of feel like that's going to be the rotation. I am the one penis joke in life. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well said, sir. Yeah. So, all right. So, no, I think it's a super positive thing that, okay, so this, this kind of reminds me of what was it? I don't want to say it was Wilderness Trail. I don't want to misspeak who had the still explode. They had a bad PRV. Oh, no, no, no. That was no, Silver no. Trail. Uh, so, Silver Trail. Yeah. Silver Trail, yeah. See, that, that was close. <laughs> you guys can both eat my ass. <laughs> no, uh, so, yeah, Silver Trails, that was, that was a fucking, yeah, I mean, yeah. one individual was incredibly badly burned. Uh, he gave a really good uh, speech at ADI a couple years ago, and he talked about it. Um, but, yeah, the, one of the, was it a distiller or was it, I can't remember the exact individual. I think he, they were both distillers. Yeah, I think so. And he, uh, unfortunately, he died. And it was it was a mess. Was that's a tragedy. Now that's what I call a tragedy. But it also is. I am very adamant about having PRVs on a pot. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people don't because they're technically an open system. And it's right. the way until it's not. Yeah. I exactly. Mean, <laughs> it's open until it's not. Exactly. So, yeah. so I think that's one of the things we should do as an industry. Again, I don't want to get too preachy in this, but since we're talking about the whole safety issue and some of the things that can go happen, I mean, 9,000 barrels collapsing is pretty spectacular. You know, still exploding is, you know, some of the worst that it can get. But there are other things that we can monitor and keep an eye on. I mean, Colton, you've sent us some photos from a distillery, which we won't name uh, a couple months ago that was just just terrifying the things the, you know <laughs> yeah. and we've all walked into distilleries of really good people and been like holy shit you know what are you doing you, you know you need explosion proof you know uh, pumps you need you know all you know fans and things like this that people forget to think about exposed wiring you know there's grain dust issues there's so many things that we all see that i think it's important as a community we kind of talk to each other and not be afraid to not necessarily again don't be a dick that's a good you know, I think life lesson for us as an industry, <laughs> but call each other out when there's a serious safety issue. I think we have to do that peer to peer. I I mean, I heard like someone's open toed shoes. In yeah. yeah like, I heard you, that yesterday. Like, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> Flip flops like, on yeah. the production floor. Yeah. Please like, don't. Come on, man. Like, how heavy, how heavy is a 53 gallon barrel? What is that? Like, I, mean, I knew I used to know. Oh, it's 600 500. Pounds. It's about 500 pounds. Yeah. 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 You don't want those falling <laughs> on your foot. <laughs> yeah. Or any other thing. I mean, there's just so much that can go wrong in a distillery. Even a small micro distillery has moving parts, and you're dealing with it's hot. It's there's flammability issues. I mean, God, you guys could talk about it forever. I'm sure. Yeah, and well, I mean, I don't want to get like too down the safety rabbit hole. Although it's kind of important. It's like some of the things that'll be overlooked that you don't. I don't know that there was avoiding. There was avoiding that, right? So, do you guys ever hear of five Y? Do you know what five Y is? No. Um, It's like root cause analysis. Okay. So, so what you do is you say, "Why did this happen?" Okay, why did that happen? You go through five levels of that to try and get to the root cause. So, like any time there is a near miss. At like at my at my work, like so, I had a maintenance guy who, you know, uh, shit, I probably shouldn't say any of that, but like, I worked at a place where a maintenance guy had a small burn on his arm, yeah, and it was no big deal. He put like a spray on it; he was fine, yeah, and he didn't even want to do anything. He was like, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, but it's the right thing to write it up. And I wrote, why, 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 why? Turns out, like, we used the wrong gasket on a sight glass, and. Right. Like it just minor details and it's, it's a root cause analysis. So I think like, what, what, what's the five whys for that warehouse? I'd love to see that report. Right. You know, like, is it, is it the, 
the foundation that it was built on? Is it the racking itself? Yeah. Is it, I mean, it, half a freaking warehouse. Yeah, but it, I mean, right, it only probably took one, one beam up top to... Whoa, we had nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Watch your fucking language, Colton. Yeah. Enter industry sabotage. It's like me and Freddie, like, with yeah. an axe. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's why you guys were in the warehouse earlier yeah. that day. Right? Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm super interested. The things that I want to know, one, exactly like you know, I want to know what happened. Because that's just... Now, granted, they're almost 80 years old. So that obviously has something to do with it. But it's not like, again... They don't just sit there for 80 years and nothing happens. But what else could they have done to avoid this? What did happen? Was there something catastrophic that they couldn't have foreseen? And then I want to know more on, just because I'm a nerd, but I'm curious about the insurance side. Like you said, like, okay, is that covered at a retail level? So is the retail value of each of those barrels no, covered? Sometimes, is it covered sometimes it is. Yeah, there was a, I, don't think, I don't think that it is. Yeah, there was a, a distillery that had its warehouse burned down semi-recently and the insurance came through and was it's not full it's not full retail but they do get some sort of you had this much aged for this long that would have been worth this much so So we're gonna put a 25 percent tariff on that yeah (laughs) what do you do on the tax side because you didn't actually sell it it didn't actually go out of bond you got a tax or you got an uh insurance payment for the potential retail value of that product does ttp still get their percentage how does that work I mean, they're there watching it because that's, I mean, it's their money. They just right. watched all their money, too, fall down yeah. or go Burn down the river or whatever it is. it is. Right, yeah. I, I honestly don't know. I have no idea how the legality or how the money works with that. I would definitely think the insurance covers the structural damage, right? So it, yeah, it's, not like, it's not like Sazerac it's can't afford to rebuild that anyway. some profit loss. Yeah, probably, but you know too. you can't get back? Time. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, that cleanup, yeah. that cleanup would... Uh, that's a significant amount of cleanup. Which yeah. likely Sazerac is going to have to you know, pay for, right? I'm telling so. you, if they don't have a fallen whiskey, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be so upset. Yeah you, give, yeah, you give it a year or two, and they're definitely going to use this as a great PR move. I mean, be, and this is actually, I hope again, by this you mean this podcast. Yeah, this is the great PR move, Brian. What the fuck? Listener is going to buy seven bottles. Seven <laughs> bottles of, yeah. The listener is a raging alcoholic. Yeah. So th- this is a random side note. I read this in the this was in the New York Times article, and I love this quote. They were asking uh, the the Bardstown, Bardstown Fire Department. One of the guys there was a lieutenant. His name is Kevin Grayson. They asked him on Friday, "Did the area smell overwhelmingly like bourbon?" And his response was, "This is Bardstown. It kind of always smells like bourbon." <laughs> Yeah, I love how t- incredibly dry that guy must have been. Like, yeah. you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, what kind of question is that? Wait, did the New York Times ask that? You say, yeah, yeah. God damn you, did. New York Times. What are you doing? <laughs> Fake news. Yeah. Fake yeah. news. Yeah. God damn it. That's insane. Yeah, it does smell like that. Of course it I does. Mean, when, when I walk in, there's like the whole dump floor. I mean, every day that I walk in, I'm like. Okay, yeah. And then I get it to my desk and I'm like, I hate life. But, <laughs> <laughs> right. So you just right. need an open bottle of booze on your desk, I think. It's, it's like I don't have that. <laughs> yeah. You always have to have desk whiskey, too. Yeah. Back at Oregon That's, State, <laughs> yeah. I had desk whiskey. Yeah, okay. So that was, 
I mean, that covers a lot of that. I mean, we'll we sh- as soon as we find out more, we'll follow up in another podcast. I think it'd be interesting to find out about some of those insurance issues because I'm curious. So I'm going to research some of those and then really find out what happened, what could have been avoided. Because yeah. I mean, even on a small st- scale, like you were saying, I mean, these 500, 600, you know, pound barrels. You know, one of these pallets goes over, someone's dying. So there's a lot that can go wrong in, and especially in a smaller facility where you're working around the barrels too. You, a lot of these places don't have separate barrel warehousing. Right. Well, on a lot of especially smaller scale, like when they're they're just letting tours go through, and yep. there's no, you know, they don't necessarily have roped off areas or whatever, and it's pretty likely and easy for a tourist to go lean on you know a a barrel pallet or a barrel rack and it's yeah, like you, you gotta, you gotta one, protect the public from itself sometimes. yeah with their open-toed shoes so you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> man my crocs yeah yeah my crocs those just don't have the structure. i don't know they're crocs yeah. like if you wear crocs you should probably have a barrel dropped on your feet yeah, you don't deserve feet. crocs that's the next yeah. thing oh there's listeners sitting there with his crocs and you just yeah. pissed him off again yeah. he's like uh, a jehovah's witness in new zealand with crocs on <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did you know we're the worst or he's the worst? <laughs> You're the best. Us, yes. I'm going to need you for, a, for yeah, income. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you know why Colton is the safety manager at Corsair? Brian, do you know that story? So I assume there was a lineup of everyone there and they're like, hey, we need a volunteer. And everyone stepped back and Colton was obviously not paying attention. Like you see in those war movies. Oh, no. The one no. Dumb in a, in like, a way, it's kind of, it kind of works yeah. like that. <laughs> But I'm going to let him tell you. Yeah, I, I, please tell me, Colton. Because yeah. I do know I'm on a safety committee with Colton, so I do know he is the chair no. of the committee. Yeah, say. not only that. Yeah. yeah, chair of the safety committee. So I know how dedicated you are to safety. So tell me, how did you start? Yeah, this is how I got into safety. <laughs> on my sixth day at work, uh, I was moving some glass carboys in a car. Somebody in the lane in front of me did, you know, like a four lane traffic shuffle and cut me off so i had to slam on my brakes two carboys crashed together there's a bunch of about to be distilled brandy or or just you know wine spilling into the floor of my car so i immediately pull off to the side of the road like jump out and try to try to lift the carboys out of the way or at least back upright so they're not spilling and i didn't see that one of the necks had you know just a huge jagged piece of glass so remember it's sixth day of uh, on the job right. i just sliced the tendon in my finger it's completely open like oh. i couldn't move my fa- like i could flop my hand and my finger would wiggle but i could there was no more uh feeling or nerves right. or anything in there and then i happened that where i had pulled off was actually an old um auto mechanic so like i jump out there's blood just spurting everywhere. You smell like a wino. I smell like a wino. I run up in his van. <laughs> his van. <laughs> his van smelled like wine, <laughs> then vinegar. Yeah, yeah. For, for a long, as long, long time. I don't. I haven't been in your van in a real long it's time. It's still. Actually. There's no getting it out. I've had it professionally cleaned maybe a hundred times. And there's no. <laughs> there's no getting it out. Wait, uh, why, why would you have your van cleaned a hundred times? What are you doing with this van on the weekends? Listen. Don't ask questions yeah. about the Honda. <laughs> I'm taking. Nice 
nice ladies on wine dates. So. <laughs> <laughs> a wine date is just like yeah. going into his van. This is why Devin needs to be on the podcast so we don't say stupid shit like this. Yeah. <laughs> Especially you, Golden. <laughs> yeah, so I, I jump out, I run over to the auto mechanic. My, you know, I'm just about to bleed out. There's so much blood running out of my hand. Right. And all he offers me is his dirty oil rag. Oh, did he pull it out of his pocket? So yeah. Oh, yeah. Did he oh. use it? Yeah, I used it. I thought I was going to lose my hand. So, and it turns out Nashville, you know, there was a there was six hospitals within a mile of me. So, so I was this, like, I'm just going to bite the bullet and, you know, this, stop the bleeding. Maybe have oil in it. But long story short, I basically ended up being on desk duty for a while. And during that time, I was like, all right, well, we'll. We'll go through OSHA. We'll go through, you know, what what safety takes. How do we become safer? How do we not do this again? Uh, and since that, I think the worst accident we've had is somebody squirted citric acid in their eye. Wow. <laughs> On purpose. Well, yeah. <laughs> I just it's held him down thing. and yeah. squeezed an orange Look, right in there. I told you to mash <laughs> faster. No open-toed yeah. shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Take those Crocs off. I'm going to squirt citric in your eye. <laughs> yeah, it was just a tourist. So. <laughs> I was going to say, it was a customer. Yeah. yeah. You know, the funny thing is, like, that was right before I got, when I started to work yeah, at Corsair. Right. <laughs> so, like, all the work that he was going to do. I got to do yeah. <laughs> like all the physical work. Yeah. It's like, Oh, okay. And that went for both in our professional lives and our personal lives. Yeah. Yeah. Because we That's ended up sweet. living together. And then he's like, Hey, Zeno, I'm going to buy this Island. <laughs> right. And it's not like a private Island <laughs> where he's storing gold. It's like a shitty Island that he bought off a of Craigslist and somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, yeah, a kitchen Island. Yeah. <laughs> and it. like, so I had to load this thing pretty much by myself yeah. in and out of his van and into his house. And it was like shit like that all the time because he had just moved into this place. So it was like, hey, Zeno, hey, Zeno, <laughs> like all this things yeah. that like when you have one hand, you take it for granted, right? Yeah, for some reason, like because I had just moved in, I, I hadn't even gone grocery shopping. And the only thing in my fridge uh, was a, a jar of pickles. I think that just somehow made it through the move. And I didn't realize how serious the injury was. I thought they were just going to stitch my finger back together. Because I, mu- I missed every nerve in my hand. It didn't hurt when I cut it. So I was like, ah, this is just a cut. I'll be fine. So like, all right, come back for surgery tomorrow. And obviously they put me on antibiotics because of the oil rag. So <laughs> <laughs> Safety so, first, kids. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to... In the morning, I, I had the antibiotics, and I was like, oh, shit, like, this is just going to fuck with my stomach. The only thing I have to eat with it is pickles. a pickle. So I had a pickle for breakfast and then went in and realized I was supposed to go into, like, major surgery where you're not supposed to eat for eight hours before. And you're full they're of like, oh. They're like, oh, man, you know, you just had a pickle, so we won't push it till tomorrow, but we have to push it till this afternoon. So I basically just, you know, sat in, in pre-op, uh, like, the pre-op room for eight hours and Right when they started putting me under, all I could hear, like I couldn't see anything anymore, but I could still hear. And I just heard like all the nurses like, oh, yeah, that's the pickle guy over there. I was like, oh, I'm not living this one down. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. That's the, now, guy. Yeah, that's the first time I ever heard that story. Yeah. That was amazing. Well done, Colton. Yeah, I felt real good about that. And that's how Colton Weinstein <laughs> yeah. became the, um, the safety, safety officer. officer. So wait, wait, show me the hand. Do you have full range of motion? Oh, yeah. yeah. I went to a ton of... I mean, 
Yeah, I got basically full range. I, I think I'm missing one percent of what I used to have. But. Yeah, the hand jobs are great. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what physical therapy. <laughs> Sorry, was. that's too. I couldn't we, help it. I think we need bonus points for making it through that entire story and not making a hand job joke <laughs> yeah. until the very end. I mean, Zeno, you held back. I was impressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reminiscing on all the jokes he could have made. I know. There's like a, yeah, no, it's like one joke just. <laughs> 7,000 different ways and none of them are funny. Um, I, so, but like, that kind of goes back to my point where I hate, you hate to get to that point. You hate to get to where half your warehouse breaks down. Yeah. You have to, right. you hate to get to where you have a bad PRV and you're still explodes. Uh, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. I you threw up a glass and it was behind my laptop. Sorry. He just, for, listener, he just pointed the camera at his and his wife's name and their address. <laughs> yeah. So I, w- I wanted to read it aloud. I thought that did, maybe. Did you notice this, the, the, the wording underneath that said, please send help? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And when it was like cut out magazine letters, it's <laughs> yeah. the oddest thing. <laughs> and that's not my notes. So. What are you drinking? Apple brandy. Uh, so, <laughs> no, that's gone. I drank it all. This is some of the leftover stuff from when Colton and I were judging ACSA like three years ago. Uh, Palm Ridge Reserve. Handmade micro batch Florida whiskey. Let me see the bottle. I think I have a bottle of that as well. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's, oh, I don't think I've ever seen that or had that. It's, I got a couple bottles down in, in the basement. Right. Of the like four thousand after those competitions, there's so many bottles. We're drinking old granddad bottle bond. No, but we also we had a, a two year old uh, low gap whiskey from low gap. Ten, is that what it's called? The, yeah, the whiskey's low gap, low gap bourbon from um, was it Tamar Distillery? It's it's one of those craft distilleries. Don't from say California. Tamar. I can't take the word Tamar seriously. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, have you seen those? I haven't. It's, it's show them the back because the back is the distilled on a on the old uh, Hubert okay. still and nice. Yeah, it's really yeah, good. Yeah, so actually. it's on a Sharon Toss or whatever the hell. I'm yeah. not French. I can't pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> it's on the bridge. I think you just need to twirl your mustache while you say it, and it comes out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, ah, there goes our the, French like, listener. Yeah, there goes our French. No, we—he's all same listener. <laughs> he, she. <laughs> well, he's part of that. Uh, what are they, what are they called? The uh, the, the craft food, the it's craft dynamics. Yeah, it's craft distillers. It's like yeah. a conglomerate of a bunch of different. Yeah, it's like so. It's Ansley Cole and Hubert yeah. did their thing and. Yeah, they were actually they're really great for the industry. I don't. They're great. They're yeah, they great are. for the industry. And like this is actually like for a two year craft whiskey. I was like, holy shit, it's really good. And both Colton and I agree. It's their care that they took with the barrels. Yeah. actually, right. And they use a malted rye. They they say it right on the label there, right? Antique double distillation copper pot still, and it's corn malted barley and malted rye. And it's it has. The malt character, obviously, so there's like a dark chocolate character to it. But the vanillin from the barrel is like the barrel. The barrel work is really nice. So we think they did a heavy toast and a light char, and just gave it the two years, and maybe went in at lower proof. You think? I bet they proofed down in barrel. Yeah, 
right? That's what a lot of those guys did. That's what Hugh Barrett swears by. Is as, yeah. as your angel share goes, you slowly proof it down to whatever you're going to bottle at so it has time to sort of, you know, mold with, or mellow with it itself. And That clustering that we talked about that, yeah. well, in that one time. I don't know. We talk about the same things over and over. This podcast is going to get real redundant real quick. <laughs> Anyways, I was interested in what you were drinking, but we were talking about something that was oh, good. We should, uh, we, real quick, we should kind of wrap up the whole safety conversation thing. I know we've hit it before, but uh, just because I feel like we need some symmetry to this, and kind of an end point. Give me your top five safety tips for distillery. I know it's, it's a lot more than that, but first one, no open-toed shoes. No open-toed shoes. <laughs> Uh, no smoking two. or sparks inside, yeah. no lighters. No, no open flame. Yeah, no open flame. That's a good one. Unless you have a burner, because. I know I know this one's real obvious, but, you know, don't be drunk on the production floor. Thank you. You know, we have a lot of tasting that is part of our job, and you have to do, but yep. the second you get drunk, you just put you and everyone else around you in danger. Well, and it's not even drunk. Like, even yeah, just a yeah. little bit of inebriation. Don't, yeah, too. don't be inebriated. Yeah. You know what else a, you got? Watch your eyes. Like, I'm a big yeah. fan of safety yeah. glasses. Man. Eye wash stations should be in any size distillery. I don't care how big it is. Put an eye wash station in. I mean, especially if you start working with some of the other yeah. you know, chemicals and stuff. There's a fellow we went to school with. He ended up working with the shoots, and he was cleaning out a pump that had caustic in it. And the Oof. pump... All of a sudden, started to spin, sprayed caustic in his eye. He was wearing a damn eye patch. I mean, he it got better, but when you don't think it's going to happen, that's when it will happen. And it's like when I walk out of my office, I put my safety glasses on. Yeah, like that's what I do. I mean, a lot of it. I'll tell you that is my boss built that culture within yeah. me too. But and I'm not saying craft distilleries need to be that diligent with it. There's we just a, wait. We just need to think about safety. Like a lot of us just kind of, we do sort of set up something in a semi-safe environment and then don't really think about what we're doing anymore. And it's so easy to smash a bottle and cut your hand or my, let caustic spray in your eye, you know, or anything. I, I would say one of my tips is label things. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like That's lab, big. <laughs> label lines. Yeah. Right? If you label lines and it says, right, you know something's hot. Right? Yeah. Don't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> Assume everything is hot all the time. Yep. The one I'll give out is build a strong culture of safety. I know it sounds cliche and it's kind of cheesy, but every new employee, whether they're working in the tasting room or the distillery, they need to read employee handbooks. They need to read the safety guides. They need to know what the evacuation plans are. They need to know what happens in case of a spill, in case of a fire. And they need to all be prepared to keep an eye out for some of those things that may happen. Because, you know, a tasting room guy might be able to come in and see the things that a distiller's, you know, head down too busy to notice. So, or if some, you know, customer comes in and they're not making smart choices, everyone has to work together. So you need a culture of safety. That's, yeah, that's kind of yeah, what we that try and build. Fits, yeah, the whole, it kind of puts everything under one umbrella. Yeah, it's not one person. Yeah. It's all really right. not. It's really not. And, like, there's points where, you know, I have to tell a contractor that we have someone on the plant. And I'm like, hey, dude, you can't do that. You can't sit on a rafter. If you're four feet high, I need you to tie off to something with a harness. Like, and that's that's the culture that we've built. And it's come a long way in a little bit of time, but we got a long way to go on the double macro side. Yeah. But those little details 
like you're saying, create the culture that's huge on the smaller side too. Like you need to think about it before something happens, right? Don't let an accident be the catalyst for you to become a safe working environment. Yep. All right. Well said guys.